Hello, and welcome to another episode of Black Joy and Bootstraps. I am your host, Felicia Jimenez, and I am on today with the Demario Black. Um, he is a CPA, and we are going to talk about all things uh, all things CPA today. So, Demario, <laughs> can you uh, say hello for the folks? Hey, guys. It's nice to be here. I'm happy to give some good tax advice as the season is going to begin on January 23rd. Hopefully you can apply some of these things to um, add to your tax preparation or even come visit my firm so we can help you out. Listen, because you already know that's why I have my folks on. I want to give y'all all the business. So y'all already know how we do. Without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started and hop into these questions. All right. Hey, Black Joy and Bootstraps, the podcast that you really need. Helping my black community. Good vibes, good energy. Black Joy and Bootstraps. Talk financial literacy. Love and education. Want to see my people elevated. Yeah. Anyway, I'm all excited. I love that you dropped like January 23rd. So we already know like when it starts, when it's going down. But can you tell us a little bit like how, what about like what you do and how long you've been doing this? So what do you do in your services? Absolutely. So I've been a CPA for a while with over a decade of experience helping my clients with tax work, uh, business accounting services, such as bookkeeping and payroll. Um, we also help with business formation and we do tax planning for our clients as well. And most recently in the past few years, we've helped clients reach financial success with providing insurance products, um, especially worksite benefits for our business owners. So I like to be a resource to um, my, my clients and friends, whether it be offering advice or actually pro providing some of those services that I mentioned. Gotcha. So let me tell y'all, um, before we even like dig deep into it, uh, I was referred uh, to Demario and uh, one of my friends referred me to him. And I was just so like, yeah, I was like a wreck because I had just opened up, like I just started my LLC. I just get started getting like all of my accounts together. And so I come to him and y'all are going to see throughout this entire interview, he stays so calm all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> Demario, like, I think I did this wrong. I think I did this. And he's like, you're fine. You didn't. You did not. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, everybody needs like this level of like Zen when they're talking about um, taxes, because there's just so much that we don't know. So today I wanted to really dive into just the basics, Demario, and tell us um, like, what are taxes and why do we pay them? Like starting off that simple. Well, I'll tell you in a lamest terms and like I, when we met at first, you know, don't get frantic or afraid. One of my good um, qualities is I get to calm my clients down by letting them know I'm on their side and to help them navigate that tax journey. And that's so, exactly how I think. <laughs> yes, yes. So the IRS has a job and you have a job. And the IRS's job is to get you to pay the most in taxes, essentially. Okay. And your job is to pay taxes, but the least amount that is ethically possible, right? And to do that, we have to navigate the tax code, which is about 70,000 pages plus of rules, regulations, tax um, deductions, and credits. And what's misconstrued with clients is that the tax is against you. Tax law is actually in your favor. You just have to know how to navigate the law um, by having a professional like a CPA or other tax preparers, EAs and attorneys to navigate that journey for you. So there are many types of taxes too. There's income tax, which most individuals worry about based off their W-2 or income from a business or what have you. Mm -hmm. And there's also taxes like payroll tax. So some of these you may have heard of, but don't really understand. Um, and then there's sales tax. Um, as well as exercise tax and all those other taxes. But the main one would be income tax, which okay. everyone here has to deal with. Um, but I could explain based off of each of you situation um, a little more detail, but that's a general sense of what it is. Gotcha. I think um, you really hit it when you said like, we feel like taxes are against us because like you said, their job is to get the most. Our job is to pay the ethically uh, least amount. And so, I mean, again, the first time I met with you and I'm like, well, what about this? You're like, that's a write-off. That's a write-off. You can do that. You can do that. And I think especially for, uh, you know, speaking for our community, like 
we want to do everything right because baby, we don't seen Lauren Hill. We don't seen Wesley Snipes. Like we're not trying to get caught up, you know, like we want to make sure that everything is absolutely correct. So tell us, um, what is the difference between state tax and like federal tax? What do, what do those things mean? Cause I know you said income tax and sales tax, but like, what's the difference between those two? Right. So to dive deeper into the income tax, you would have a federal and state side. And depending on where you live, for instance, if you're Texas or Florida, you don't have state taxes. Only on payroll or sales tax, you would have state taxes. But our common W-2 employee wouldn't necessarily have state taxes living in those applicable states. Now, the majority of the rest of the United States who do have both, um, it's based off your income. You have to pay a federal tax and a state tax. Usually federal is larger. That's where a bulk of your taxes would go to. And then the state amount is a smaller tax that's used at the state level, which funds like your local government and construction and infrastructure and all these things. So all the things that are happening around you have to be paid somehow. All these free municipal services mm. uh, and Medicaid and all those types of things. And it comes from your tax. So essentially if somebody's on social security, Guess what? You're paying for grandpa's and grandma's social security with your income tax. So it all funnels through um, and they're both based off the same income amount. They just have different tax rates. So okay. knowing what your tax bracket is based off your level of income is important to know, especially at the federal level. So I hope that makes sense. Yes. So I have a question for you, because when you say that, like, it definitely makes sense. But when you're talking about... Um, your tax bracket, because that's one thing that we always say is kind of a term that's just thrown out there. But when we talk about tax brackets, is the law more or less in your favor the more you make? Because I feel like my friends that make more money complain about how taxes is just devouring them. So mm -hmm. is there truth to that? Like, well, you know, maybe I'm too broke to know. I don't know. Let's talk. <laughs> so it definitely is a higher rate the more money you make. And it also phases out phases out some of the deductions that you're able to take. For instance, um, there's a deduction for student loan interest. For a lot of us, we had to go to continue education mm -hmm. to get the career paths we're in um, and to advance in our careers. So you usually get an interest deduction credit when you make under a certain amount of money. So if you're a doctor, high income earner, that's equivalent. That's usually phased out, but you still got to pay those loans and that interest back. So that tax bracket um, needs to be reduced somehow to get you to a, an amount to where you would be able to take that deduction. But usually you can't deduct um, enough to do that. So, yes, they pay more taxes, but you are making more money um, as a W-2 employee. My advice for high income earners is to look at tax planning strategies that can help offset that. Um, and you have to look at things that the government incentivizes, right? That's either building something or hiring people. And most of that is within entrepreneurship. So whether it be you go into business on your own or you just start a side business, um, you can take advantage of a lot more tax deductions to reduce your tax liability. But if you still keep earning more and more money, you'll pay more in taxes, um, if you will. So is there, that makes complete sense. Is there like, um, is there a, a class or like a, how do I even say this? Is there a sweet spot for taxes? Or are you saying like anybody in any class, um, any like tax bracket uh, can benefit from these things? Is there a place where you're like, you might not want to make this much or you do want to make this much? Like, I mean, obviously you don't want to tell people not to make a certain amount, but like, is there a place that is sweeter than others? That's what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Income no, because you don't want to be broke just to save on taxes, right? Maybe so a million dollars. You want to make a million dollars. Yeah. What it really comes down to is having the right advisors and how you live your life. Like for instance, they incentivize certain lifestyles, homeowners versus renters. There's mm -hmm. more tax advantages to owning a home than to rent your property. Okay. Right. But you have to look at those factors, have the right strategy that works for you, um, saving for retirement. There are retirement accounts that they, that can reduce your tax uh, liability there. But it's really about really catering the plan to you. 
So it's not a one-way answer or a certain amount of money where you're safe. It's really about your plan, how you live your life, and how we can effectively use the tax code. Uh, what a lot of people will do is they don't want to get experts involved because they don't want to pay the additional costs. But in the end, you may lose out because you're paying more in taxes because yeah. you just don't know what you don't know. And um, YouTube and Google are good. Um, I use it to learn things too. But it, when you really need a professional, for instance, when I need my teeth fixed, I go to the dentist. Right. You're not going to YouTube that? Yeah, I don't YouTube that and try to fix that myself. <laughs> Something's wrong in my body. I go to the doctor and right. get my expert opinion. So the same with your taxes. If you're dealing with higher taxes, don't try to figure everything out on your own. Get an expert involved um, that can kind of walk you through or guide you through some options. Now, it's still up to you to, to execute or explore those options, but at least seek the advice yeah. and try, right? And a lot of people have like, I mean, even such as yourself, a lot of people have 15, 30 minute free consultations where you can see um, if this is even worth, you know, like working with someone on working with a professional. And so um, I have, oh, I had a question, but I'm going to do this one because you kind of segued us into it. So tell me, what is the benefit? I know you just kind of hit it, but like, what is the benefit of having um, a CPA or over, over a tax preparer or even doing it yourself? Mm -hmm. So really we'll come into the, the level of expertise and the services they offer. Um, and then you have to remember every CPA isn't a tax CPA per se. Mm. Um, a lot of them just do audit work or financial planning, acquisition, you know, mergers and acquisition, different fields. There are a lot of different fields, just like with attorneys. There's a lot of different attorneys. Some are criminals, some are business attorneys, some do estate planning or family um, lawyers. Mm -hmm. So you can't, so everyone's not a one-stop shop. And then every firm may not offer every discipline of service. Some CPA firms don't offer uh, tax services to individuals. They just work for businesses. Mm -hmm. So within our firm, what we made a priority to do is to focus on individuals and small businesses um, to help them advance and mitigate their tax situations as best as possible and increase cash flow. So I would say just, you know, you got to seek out the right professional and kind of ask those questions. What do you specialize in? Mm -hmm. uh, I have this issue. Would you be able to help with that? Uh, most CPAs can offer more um, because they have a network of professionals that they deal with. For instance, in our firm, uh, we work with estate planning attorneys because death and taxes are two of the most important things in life, right? You can't avoid them. You can't avoid either one. You're right. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> I'm not an attorney, but I work with estate planning attorneys to make sure uh, my client's tax interests are within their estate plan. Interesting. Okay. So whenever we, when we talk about, actually, nope, let me go back to my question, then I'm gonna go forward. So when um, we're talking about tax refunds or returns, what what is that? And what is a deductible? Because you were like, that's a tax deductible. So what what are those two things? Okay, so your tax refund. Everyone doesn't get a refund um, first. And two, what it is, is you overpaid in taxes or you have tax credits that allow you to get um, a refund back. And typically is the case that people don't have tax credits and they overpay, especially uh, my single people with no kids, no spouse and high income earners. They don't have as many deductions. So you really shouldn't be getting a refund. You should be netting close to zero. Maybe you owe a few hundred, maybe you get back a few hundred. But if you're getting huge sums as a high income earner without those deductions, it may be an issue with your taxes because you probably could have had that money throughout the year. How then, are you, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but how do they overpay? Like, where are they overpaying and what do you mean by that? So they're withholding. So on your W-2, you'll see uh, federal taxes and state taxes coming out each paycheck. Mm -hmm. so if you pay you 100000 you don't take home 100000 Absolutely. You those taxes come out every two weeks or whenever you get paid. That's the withholding. Now, at the end of the year, when we assess your taxes, we're able to take certain deductions, which reduce tax liability. And maybe your taxable income is lower than what has been taken out all year. 
So then you would um, have overpaid because we have a lower tax amount once we do specific deductions. Yeah. Now, the best way to do um, to kind of counteract that is to fill out your W-4 form probably uh, when you do get paid, but it still could be off a little bit. So when you identify if you're overpaying or not, you know, you may need to adjust it or talk with a tax professional. And then sometimes you're underpaying and then you owe a little bit. And it's not to say you're wrong or right. It's just how the year played out. Got unexpected bonuses, unexpected layoffs. You know, um, with today's market, you're seeing a lot of layoffs in there. So you didn't make as much as you were going to expect throughout the year. So maybe your tax liability is lower. But um, on the contrary to the high income earners who shouldn't really get a big refund, there are income earners who do get big refunds, which are people who qualify for like the earned income credit or child tax credit. These are um, families who have usually a spouse and usually a, a kid or two, or either single moms or single dads um, who have dependents. They get a lot more money back because they may fall into the income threshold for the earned income credit, and then they would get the child tax credit. So whatever their um, tax liability from their jobs was probably at or around zero, but then they get the tax credit, which is usually refundable, which means you would get the cash for that. So that was that's what boosts the return. So you'll see now a lot of um, tax preparers are offered you know, advances on 6000 or 8000 because they can base it based off them knowing you're going to get the earned income credit or child tax credit, you're going to get X amount of dollars per se, right? So they can advance you some of that money um, on your return. But it's yeah. not to say everyone's supposed to get that. So it's not an end all be all. And that's one of the problems with the industry is people say, well, hey, such and such got this. Why don't I get that? Listen, we're created equally and we ain't got our tax returns prepared equally. We don't live equal lives. Mm -hmm. So even if you got the same job as someone and make the same amount of money, their uh, family situation may be different. They may own a home. Right. Um, they may be able to have a side business that gets them more deductions. Yeah. Uh, you never know, right? So that's it one thing I like I people love that you said don't that. compare because it's not... Every case is really individual, right? Based off you and, and in your lifestyle. Yeah, I I so appreciate you saying that because I remember one year my brother and I have um a, a baby brother and we always talk finances. Like it's like we are probably the most transparent. It's like how much do you make? How much do I make? Like you know, and we throw these numbers back and forth. We you know he's got two kids, we got two kids. Like so we're throwing all these numbers out, and you know he's gonna kill me. I would never tell y'all the numbers, but like whenever. He um, told me like, this is how much we're getting back. And we were using the same lady. I was like, man, we should expect something similar, you know, because literally all the stars align. Like we both own a house. I'm telling you, everything was like, boop, 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 boop. So we did not even get back like a third of what my brother and sister-in-law got. We were like, what is happening? <laughs> like We were so mad. And so it's just interesting. Like when you say that, because you're absolutely correct. Like you don't know. Um, all the exact ins and outs, you know, of what um, what is going on with someone's finances. And I thought, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, we literally make within like a few thousand of each other a year. Like, we have this aligned, we have that aligned, we have this. And then, Demario, I was like, I'm finna rob you. Like, you, like, give me, like, because I was so mad that, like, they had gotten the amount that they got and we got what we got. And, but I appreciate that because, again, like, no two homes are the same and no two incomes or whatever, no matter how much on the outside. Um, and I trust the lady that did our taxes too, you know, like, he'd been going to her for a while and he referred her. And so um, I was like, yeah, like, like, I know she's good, you know, so- right. But it didn't stop me from being sad at all, Demario. That was just so sad. Yeah, so it's really dependent on on each person's uh, situation, age. A lot of mm -hmm. factors you don't think about going to the tax return. Yeah, uh, and then a few thousand dollars could change your whole tax situation. Yeah, uh, and that that had to be what it was because, baby, I was sick when I got them numbers back and showed him. I was like, I was like, little brother. They didn't do she she didn't do me right like <laughs> sad but yeah so it is different for everybody but um 
one of the things like we did our own taxes for several years. Um, and now that we're doing different things and, you know, making different investments and now we have the business, right. We're coming to you. And I'm so excited about that. Um, but what are some things that like when people do their own taxes, um, is that like, is that also like nails on a chalkboard for you to hear that people do their own taxes? <laughs> Not necessarily because some people do have simple tax returns. Mm -hmm. um, I have a family member who says my taxes are simple. It's so, so simple. I don't really need your help. And then I actually found a lot of deductions that he was missing. Right. So not to say he was doing anything wrong, but you didn't know what you don't know. Right. right? So yeah. just having that information, you got to understand, I'm a tax expert. So yeah. I study taxes all year long. I have to have continual education credits towards taxes. So it's very possible. I know a little bit more about tax than you. Just a little bit, huh? <laughs> and there's something that you're considering. I can tell you all the factors that make you apply. Yeah. Case in point, the EV vehicle deductions, right? So a lot of people are interested in electronic vehicles now because they offer a tax credit for it, mm -hmm. right? But a lot of people came to me in 2021, I believe the year was, um, trying to get a credit for maybe a Tesla, what have you. But what they didn't understand is there was a limit on how many of those credits were given out per manufacturer. So they weren't able to get the credit because they didn't understand all the all the rules. Um, now they did open it up and things change with the tax law all the time. But uh, being abreast with those new changes and staying on top of it is something I would do. You don't have the time or capacity Absolutely to help with that because that's not what pays your bills. And that'll lead me to another caveat just to throw in there for all my business owners that are listening. Don't try to do everything in your business. If it's not a revenue-driven activity, you need to outsource it when you get to the point where you can. So same with you know tax prep. If it's not generated, it's not your bread and butter, why are you trying to be an expert or be that knowledgeable one on, on doing it? Now, you can do your taxes, and some may be 100% accurate, or we don't have a change. But a CPA will help you down the line. So you may be right today, but what about tomorrow when you have a life-changing event? You get married, you have children, purchase a home, start a business. That's where I can help, you know, guide you to say, if you do X, Y, and Z, it's going to save you X, Y, and Z. I'm pretty sure you can't do that as easily as I can for you and guide you without making mistakes yeah. or um, detailing how you actually execute on things because you may be aware of it, like the EV credit. You're aware of it, but you don't actually know how to execute it to get the credit or which model you need, you know, you need to look on on the website and where that information is. I do. So let me help you. Don't, you know, it's okay to get help. Yeah. That's the things I would preach. It is okay to get help. You don't have to do it by yourself, even if you can. I'm not saying you're not smart. You may be smarter than me. But this is my realm. It doesn't hurt to ask, right? Yeah. I think too, like, especially in our community, I feel like it's when we're starting things like a business or whatever, like we do, there's this like pressure to do all things, you know, um, yourself and to kind of prove or whatever, whatever the reason may be. Like there is this like lack of delegation that happens where we just like take it all on and then we're like nervous. And I was so grateful when Xandra found you and was like, girl, you got to meet my CPA. And I'm like, say less. And I booked that consultation so fast because I was already like, I just get really nervous with those things. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like when I look at people who are like, man, I messed up my taxes one year and had to pay back 5,000 and that stuff just like freaks me out. And I don't know if anybody listening is the same way, but it it is like nerve wracking to me. So when I come to you and I'm like, Demario, I didn't keep any receipts. You're like, it's fine. Like your voice, like everything you're like, and you're <laughs> fine. Just try to do, don't do that again next year. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> no, but like, you know, I think that there is this like, we have to understand that it's okay to ask questions. We have to get that free consultation. Um, and I want to ask this, like, while we're still on the topic of like doing your own taxes and things, what are some things that you've seen that are like just common mistakes? You're like, oh, like most people, they do this. Like, is there anything like that where like there's a lot of 
just very common mistakes that people will make? Yeah, there's a few of them. So one I notice is people don't understand the difference between um, itemizing on their taxes versus a standard deduction. So a standard deduction is what the IRS is going to give you um, to reduce your tax liability. So that's going to be based off single, married, or head of household, married, filed separately. You'll get a certain amount of money that's going to reduce your taxable income. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can itemize, it's usually more than that standard deduction. And you got to understand what goes into the itemization. And that'll bring me to my next point is keeping documentation. Don't try to remember everything you did in a year. Put it in a folder to where you can access that information. For instance, um, a lot of people leave out charitable donations. Um, They may donate to their church or community center. And then they may just give goods to the Goodwill. So you got old clothes or hand-me-downs or cleaning out that garage and you donate it there. But you don't keep the receipts or document, you know, the value of those goods to take that deduction or you don't get the statement from your church for your um, charitable content or, or your tithes and offering. All that stuff counts. Um, vehicle receipts go on your taxes. Uh, wait, wait, for- wait. Vehicle uh, receipts. What you mean? So if you purchase a new vehicle, okay. um, there's a tax on it usually. So mm-hmm. if you have that tax, you got to provide the purchase statement. So your tax preparer or you can put it on your um, tax return for the itemization account. Wow. Yeah. Interest and property taxes, all those things come in a factor. But it's really, I I would say the biggest mistake is not keeping your documents accurate. You don't have to do me like this right now, Demario. You do not have to do this right now. I already said it. If you don't, you won't, you know, you may miss these things. Yeah. Because if you don't provide to me and I don't know and you don't indicate it in some way when I'm asking the questions, we may miss something. But yeah. if you got everything ducked in a row, and what I like to do is just coach my clients, like we're coaching you right now. This is what you got to do and, and how you do it. And this is why, because we don't want the IRS to come and say, you claimed you you donated or gave $10,000 in tithes and offering last year, but we have no support for that on your end, right? Yeah. Just not knowing the new tax um, deductions or credits that you can get in a year. Uh, for instance, when the child tax credit increased and they had the dependent care credit to where you get some extra money there, you know, you had to keep the documentation from daycare or whoever was the care provider so you can support those expenses. Okay. So, so just, sorry, keep going. It was just documentation. <laughs> That's the biggest key because that, that goes into why you make the mistakes. You just really don't have to do me like this. Like I invited you on out of the goodness. I just like <laughs> no, but I I definitely get that. Never forget now. <laughs> What'd you say? You'll never forget now. Oh, I absolutely will not, baby. I have my folder. Um, I have like the receipts. I have uh flagged my like if I purchase it online, I have that flag now. Um, Demario, I got my stuff together now. Okay, it's twenty twenty three, so I got a new new year, new me. So. Uh, but you know, that did help because I, I didn't know what to bring. Like when you're saying, Hey, what did you buy? You know? And I'm like, Oh man, like tons of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I bought tons of stuff to start my business, um, software. I bought desk, I bought all these different things. And so to hear you say, and, and another thing too, like at the very beginning, when you said in the most ethical way possible, I think like the most, the, one of the most interesting parts to me is like how, some of the stuff you said didn't feel ethical. Like you were like, that's completely legal. That's completely legal. That is fine. That is fine. I'm like, wait, what? Like, so I can just, so if I went to lunch and we discussed business, you're like, that is now business. Like, you know, and so I think it was, it's, it's like a mind shift too. when we're talking about taxes and business and what's a write-off and all the things that you've explained, like when and one of my favorite, you said one of my favorite lines earlier, you'll hear it almost every episode. You don't know what you don't know. And so, um, and when you do know it and you do learn it, you start being like, so this is how all these folks, and we know what folks <laughs> have been doing this for so long, but our community is like, 
we're just now learning these things, you know? So like, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you just sharing this. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask is um, why do people get audited? Like we hear that often. People are like, oh man, I got audited one year. Like, what is that? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not your fault, first of all. So calm down. (laughs) It's honestly a randomization. So 2% of people who file a tax return get audited, but there are things that kind of increase that risk. Okay. chance. Uh, For instance, if you file, say you filed a form incorrectly, right? You sent something you were supposed to send. You uh, sent the business return and you don't have a business (laughs) at all. And Mm -hmm. that schedule C for your business is on there. That's a red flag, right? They're going to check into that and see why you um, claim the business with no activity on your tax return. Filing status sometimes becomes an issue because people claim a filing status that's more favorable that they don't qualify for. Mm. Um, people claim head of household because the standard deduction is way higher than single and they don't have any children or dependents in their home that they take care of. And that's automatically going to get audited because they're going to correct it and make you a single filer and adjust the amounts for you. Um yeah. Yeah, just things, you know, filing as a Schedule C business versus having a corporation. There's a higher risk that you could get audited there. So it's just small things, but everybody really has an equal chance at getting audited. And you shouldn't be scared of audits. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why you probably want a CPA or tax preparer that's certified to do that, to do your return, because well, I won't speak for all of us, but at least my firm, we have audit protection. So you don't yeah. go through an audit alone or a notice from the IRS alone. Um, we're there to step up and support you. But I'm going to go back and say, hey, we got to have that documentation because now I got to prove it to the IRS while we took X and Y, Z deduction. So don't be scared of the IRS. Most of the time, they just send notices to double check things. You probably got the support. You just need to send it to them so they can verify. And that's all audit is, honestly. It's verifying what's said here is supported by documentation. Um, now, when it doesn't add up, that's when there's a problem. So if you got all your ducks in a row, there's nothing to be scared of with the IRS. I think, um, and that alone, like, just gives me, like, some peace going, hey, you're not, even if there's an audit, you're not going to have to go through that alone. Also, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I don't believe you, but when you said only 2% of the people got out of it, how do I know so many people? Well, not only, <laughs> it's more, it's a 2% chance. Oh, 2% chance, so, okay. So everyone really has an equal chance to get audited, yeah. but there are cer- certain things that can happen on the return that mm-hmm. would increase that yeah, risk. Yeah. Right. There are a lot, you know, just red flags, um, incorrect information, uh, things of that nature, not filing forms or submitting all the documents needed. And, you know, that doesn't happen really when you have a preparer. Uh, mostly that happens when you, you do it alone, but it could still happen yeah. from a preparer. Maybe you didn't provide it. I had a lot of um, tax preparers um, complain about clients not giving them their letters for stimulus checks. Hmm. When yeah, the yeah. government sent out the stimulus checks and the advanced child tax credit, uh, they sent the letter out. And a lot of people said they didn't get a letter, but we know the IRS sent the letter out to everyone who received the money. So I remember that letter. Um, yeah. yeah, if you didn't have it on there for some reason, the client lost and you didn't have the exact amounts, that could create an adjustment, right? Because the, the documentation was missing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, whenever you... Let me just say this. Black Twitter had every black person and their mama thinking we all got to get an LLC. Everybody and their mama need an LLC. If you black, you need an LLC. If you woke up black today and yesterday and the day before, you need to get an LLC. So tell us what are the benefits? I mean, and you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier with like if you make a certain amount and all the things. But like, what is the benefit of having an LLC or business or whatever? Like, talk to us a little bit about that, too. So I... In my personal opinion, do you recommend everyone, even if you're not an entrepreneur, 
use the skill set you have to start a business on the side. Even hey, come if you on here, Black Twitter, y'all was right. <laughs> love your job, start a business because like 80% of the tax code that benefits you mm. um, is for business owners. That's why you can see business owners pay a lot less tax because they have a lot more deductions. You know, you really are limited, especially if you have a high income, um, to write off the taxes against that income. For instance, back in the day and still today, um, high income earners, and I'll just use doctors again as an example, um, it's hard to write off those costs and they phase out of a lot of the deductions that they can take, right? Even if you have three dependents and a spouse, it's not doing a lot uh, with the tax credits against the money you're making. So they still have a high tax liability to offset that there are business assets like a lot of them dabble in real estate investments and real estate is really good because you have depreciation and typically with depreciation, it's an expense against the income that could create a tax loss. And that tax loss is kind of treated as a tax deduction on your personal return, but you got to have business activity to do that, Right. Uh, and there's also a lot of deductions you can take um, in the business that you can't take personally. For instance, me and you talked about how your cell phone is a business asset. Mm -hmm. So even though you use it for personal use, you can write off the portion for business use as well. Now, if you just personal, you can't write that cell phone off. There ain't no credit in the book about you writing it off to just to talk to family and friends or what have you. But if you're a business owner, that same phone you talk to grandma on, you talk to clients on so that we can write that off. So there are a lot of other costs like that that we can use in the business, especially um, entrepreneurs, because they don't have a lot of the infrastructure. So sometimes you got to use what you got already to get business going. You know, you may not have the money to buy a new laptop right now, but you have a laptop personally. Now it becomes a business asset to using your business. So I'll, I'll coach you on how to actually do it. Don't just think I'm just about to buy laptops and, and say I do X, Y, and Z and get deductions, right? Still a right way to do it. Um, so don't just take it at face value. And I think that's the part that like had me feeling, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but you don't know what you don't know. And so like when you start saying like, your regular everyday things, you're like, this can be a tax write-off. This can be a tax write-off. This can be this and this and that. And I'm like, but I use this every day. This is my everyday stuff. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, so we're just kind of staring at each other, you know, but I'm like, okay. So I just have to get accustomed to the things that I was not getting um, write-offs for before are now. And that's because I didn't know, right? Like when you, when you have no knowledge of those things and that's just kind of what it is. Um, but talk to us every time I hear tax write-off or anybody who's ever watched the show Shits Creek, uh, I definitely recommend it. It's hilarious. But like, I always think about, uh, have you seen it? Because I see you yeah, smile. So, I've watched the episode, but I've seen a lot of clips from it. So yes, like they talk it, about a lot of finance terms. In yes, there. yes, um, yes. So it is one of the funniest shows I've probably ever watched. Like it, it's hilarious. But one of the things is when David starts his um his own apothecary, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he starts his own business and he's like, Oh, it's fine, it's a write-off. And his dad's like, What what's a write-off? And he's like, That what you just did, like that's a write-off. And the dad's like, what's a write-off, David? And he's like, I don't know, a write-off. And the dad's like, who writes it off, David? And he's like, I don't know, the government. Like, So that's how I feel all the time when I'm like looking at like, what the heck is a write-off? What does this mean? And you were the one who explained it perfectly to me. So for the audience as well, can you explain what's a write-off and how does it benefit us? Mm -hmm. So in a business term, a tax write-off is a deductible expense right? Or something that you can use to reduce your taxable income, which reduces your tax liability, right? Because you're only taxed on a certain amount of income. You're not taxed at the top line using $100,000 as an example. We need to bring that down with deductions or tax write-offs and then tax credits to get it even lower, et cetera, to bring your taxable income to amount to where you're paying taxes on this instead of this up here. Um, a, a thing I explained to you was try to think of in, in a business sense, and this is my business owner only, so personal people only, you know, this may not apply as much, 
but it's good to learn, you know, especially you're going to open up the LLC and start your, your passion and make it a business. Uh, think of an expense or write-off or deduction as anything ordinary and necessary to generate revenue or operate in that business. That's what you said. Uh, and that would be an expense tax deduction write-off. Mm -hmm. So some of those things that are more personal can become ordinary and necessary for the business to operate. Um, your mic, for instance, you can't make no money. I mean, you can't talk correctly into the um, camera and the mic without the mic or your webcam. You can't conduct this interview without the webcam. So it becomes ordinary and necessary for the business to do well. Even if that same webcam, you use the FaceTime family in another state or friends when you miss them and what have you. So just make sure it's ordinary necessary. Now, sometimes that line is blurry, uh, but you can talk to a CPA because there's some things you're going to say, no, oh, I'm all right, this is ordinary necessary. I'm saying, no, nah, you ain't going to be able to write that <laughs> off or they going to come get you. But it may be, that's a good one, actually, because a lot of clients will say, you know, well, I need this to attract clients. Mm -hmm. But only in the entertainment industry, nails, mm -hmm. makeup, and hair are important as you know, a performer. So Cardi B can do it, but I don't know if you can. Pull what about up. me as a podcaster? <laughs> like I'm this is I'm in entertainment. You may be able to do it, but certain businesses, no. So some things are subjective. Mm -hmm. And we try Let to you, find you, out I can get these crochets <laughs> as a write-off. Don't play. Hey, no. <laughs> It's, it's some ways we can do it, but we got to, you know, document it right. Yeah. So we look at, you know, some things are more advanced mm -hmm. tax stance, you know, and I can coach you on it, but the IRS can still question it. So we got to yeah. be able to prove it. One thing is clothing. Mm -hmm. So with, uh, most people think, you know, you can write off your clothing as a uh, real estate professional or a personality, um, but you may not be able to in all cases. The key is a logo. So if you got a business logo stitched across, it becomes, you know, a business use. So bam, you could write that off. And it could be, it could be Versace or whatever designer. If you put a logo on there that got your business on it, now that Gucci Versace could be written off right. in that instance, right? But um, even suits, you know, it has to be visible, mm -hmm. right? So maybe a cuff, you know, a collar or what you call it, um, the cufflinks, yeah. Yeah. So it has to be very visible. It can't be like a tucked, you know, maybe you have it in your inside your lapel, um, your business name. It needs to be visible for you to take that deduction. Mm -hmm. But certain entertainers, you know, they have wardrobe. So that would count for them. But um, it's really subjective. So you have to look at what that particular expense or item is. And how you can make it business use sometimes because it may not be ordinary and necessary. That makes complete sense. Like, and I think that was the moment, right? So, like that it got interesting to me because I'm like, um, when you were saying certain things, and I'm like, this is just like everyday, but you said ordinary and necessary. Like, I'm like, this is just like an ordinary thing. And and it's just I would have never known that. So let's do some numbers now. Let me tell you. What I'm not good at, baby, and I taught English is not numbers. Okay, so let me just try to, what, earlier when you said what you're trying to do is get taxed on the least amount possible, right? Is that, was that correct how that was worded? You're yeah. Trying, okay, so let's say last year my business brought in $20,000, okay? I brought in $20,000, but then I realized, well, I had to buy a $200 microphone. I had to buy a $100 um, webcam. I had to buy a $1,200 laptop. I had to buy a $20 ring lights. I had to buy a $100 desk, whatever. So all of these things, um, and this is something, I don't know if everybody understood this, but I did not. So what Demario was saying, and correct me as I go, because again, numbers ain't my thing, is that you start at 20,000, but the write-offs mm -hmm. is saying, well, yeah, but it took me $1,000 for a laptop. Now I'm going to get taxed on 19000 right? And then it took me 
um, $100 or let's just say another thousand, right? I don't know. Let, let's just do easy numbers. So then I bought a thousand dollar desk, which I would never in a million years do. So now I'm at 18,000. And then I had to buy um, ring lights, which were another two. I bought two. They were 500 each. Now I got another thousand. So every time you do that, what's happening is you write that off um, because you're saying that your business, you had to use money from your business to purchase these things right? And so it's not like you actually made that money, you were using it, like you actually had to use it for the sake of your business, correct? It was a necessary item for your business. So now we went from 20,000 to easily 15,000 or 10,000, because I could not operate my business without those things. Therefore, it wasn't a profit to me. Is that correct? In line. So think of it this way, you're going down the right path, but I'll make it simple. Just say your tax rate is 10%. Okay. All right, that's your effective tax so I'm being tax taxed rate. at 10%. Yeah, you know, whatever you make, you got to pay 10% on it. Okay. So you started at 20000 If you were to have no expenses, you just made 20000 of income, you got to pay ten thousand. I mean, $2,000 in taxes. Okay. But if your income is actually 15000 after expenses, That'll be called your net profit. So you got your income, your expenses, and your net profit. Now, your net profit is kind of similar to your taxable income. Okay. If you're a W-2 employee, right? So the taxable income is that last number that's going to be taxed. That's why they call it taxable income. Not your gross, not your adjusted gross. It's your taxable income or your net. Now you're paying $1,500 in taxes instead of 2000 So you save this effectively $500 in taxes, right? Now, if that gets on larger scales, that becomes a lot of money. You know, say it's 100000 right? Um, versus that's 10000 and say you just only get taxed on 20000 which make it two grand. So 10 and, and two, I'd rather pay two grand than 10 grand in taxes, right? So it, it becomes important um, to keep track of those deductions and know the calculations and not miss deductions. So that's why I'll go back to um, our business owners. Bookkeeping is important. Bookkeeping is, equates to documentation, yeah. right? Supporting um, your income and expenses through the year. Because say you miss an expense, you purchase X, Y, Z, but no receipt, no evidence, and you just don't remember that you purchased that. Mm-hmm. Now you're paying more taxes because we didn't write that off. The government's not going to say, well, you bought such and such $500. You should be deducting that because they have no clue that, that that information exists. And on the flip side of that, if you don't report, say you had a business and you get a 1099, maybe you're a realtor and they cut you a check because they know what you made. That 1099 tells the IRS you made 100000 It tells you you made 100000 Mm. You don't take your deductions for driving around, visiting clients, client gifts, et cetera. The IRS doesn't know about all that, the other stuff that you documented. They're just going to tax you on 100000 So that's why it's important to have documentation and to file. Um, you'll see a lot of people have back taxes just because they didn't file and IRS filed a return for you based mm. off the information that was submitted from them from W-2s, 1099s. But they ain't considering your deductions because they know you, but they don't know you. But if they want to find you, trust me, they can find you to check on that stuff. But they ain't checking in your favor. They're always checking to get more money out of it, right? Yeah. That's their job to get higher taxes. Because the national debt ceiling is hitting limits. I don't know if you heard about it in the news, but our debt ceiling just keeps getting higher. And the only way the government makes money is if it taxes you. So yeah. try to get as much. We're millennials. That's all we've ever heard our whole life is that that uh the 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 debt ceiling. That's all yeah. we've ever heard. So and yes, we got higher. So guess who 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 gets the brunt of that? Middle America. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about the re- return period. So, or just like any lump sum of money, because you said earlier you deal with insurance, you deal with lots of other things. Um what like what advice do you give people who are coming into like a lump sum of money? Like, mm-hmm. what would you tell people to do with that? 
Good question. Let's do, use the lottery, for example. The Powerball winner just, just was announced, I think, this week. <laughs> um, they keep having them. I'm, I'm seeing like three a year. I ain't never one of them people, but yeah. probably wouldn't see me again. So first thing, <laughs> you need to hire an attorney. You get a lot of money um, and that amount, hire an attorney because you need to know how to protect that asset. Two, you need an accountant. And three, you need a financial planner, right? So you need these experts. And I would not, because a lot of lottery winners go broke because they don't hire these people. Mm. Um, your lawyer is going to help you uh, from lawsuits because guess what? Some people going to try to sue you. You're running to a lot of money and everybody got the handout because you owe them for X, Y, Z and what they did for you to pass. So you need a lawyer for that protection and you need them to set up a trust account for you, put your assets in and keep them safe away from you. So people can't find you either, right? You wanted to go to the trust, they can look up the trust all they want. The trust ain't gonna let nobody get that money, um, but you at your direction. Two, a CPA, cause you got taxes on it. They ain't giving you whatever that amount was, I think 300 million or what have you. You probably gonna get half of that cause you got federal and state taxes. Now it's my job to figure out how to reduce that federal and state tax as least possible so you can get some of that money back because they already took it before you got it because of how the lottery system works. So we got deductions, tax shelters, things you can do there. And then the financial planner, the money you got, how do you grow that money? Is it an investment? Is it a whole life policy, um, an annuity? Um, is it the stock market? You want to purchase a company? Or you just want to live your life traveling the world and whatever nest egg you got, you want it to earn five or 6% interest and you just live off that. So that would be my advice. You get some money. Definitely call, uh, even if it's not that much, right? You, you need a CPA that can help guide you in a financial advisor, at least. Gotcha. Uh, the legal side, we can get into that, depending on how much money that is. But you come to some money, the increase, money passed from, uh, maybe somebody in your family left you some money, or maybe it's a lawsuit, right? Any of those things, it's good to check with a CPA, um, at least to get that information on how is this going to increase my taxes, if it will. And if it does, how do we mitigate that? What are my options? So a lawyer, mm -hmm. a financial advisor, and a CPA. Mm -hmm. Your best friends. What if we're just talking about you know what? I got 10K back for my taxes. Uh, I might throw two here because I got to, I'm going to pay off my car, 2000 here, whatever. But I got, I got eight that I can play with. Like, what do you tell people? And I know it's not a large amount for a lot of people, but 8,000 could absolutely be life-changing for some people if it's done correctly. So what would you say to someone who got $10,000 back in their taxes? Like what, what could you give them some financial advice for that? I would say still call me in a in a financial advisor, and then we're going to determine how you want to move forward with it. Because you may want to blow it, you may want to invest it. My thing would be to invest it or start a business or put into an asset that can keep recurring uh, revenue. A lot of what I hear uh, people waiting for, the, they say tax money, mm -hmm. right? A refund each yeah. year. And then they say, I'm going to get this, that, you know, and a lot of people I've seen during the pandemic eating fish bowls and <laughs> never had um, lobster and all that at their house before. Everybody yeah. had a fish bowl when they got those tax returns, right? Um, that money come and go, right? You only got to eat that fish bowl once. Yeah. But maybe you got $10,000 and you could get an income producing asset. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's getting that business off the ground that you want. Uh, what have you, not a depreciating asset now, like a vehicle, unless yeah. you go put it on Turo or something for rent. But I would say get something that's going to make you some more money. That way you ain't got to wait for tax money every year, right? Yeah. You, you can have something reoccurring where you always have your tax money, uh, do air quotes, because it ain't that, but I know it'll hit with some of your viewers. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Right? So invest. Um, I don't know what that investment is going to be, but something that's going to bring you money back each year, right? Yeah. So and that could be, that's why I say call a, a financial advisor. They maybe could put that in a mutual fund or something that earns or a, another annuity 
Maybe you put it in a whole life policy, which also protects you and your family's legacy down the line as it grows well. But you got some options. I wouldn't just spend it on something that's a one and done yeah. because you never know what next year will hold. Let me let me just say this too. Um, and for those who listen to my podcast regularly, y'all know that I'm super transparent, like all the time. Um, and so when you said investments, let me tell you this last year, um, I took off working from like, you know, I'm a former educator and so was not in the classroom for last year, built my business um, where I was building curriculum and instruction and doing um, DEI work and just all kinds of things. Loved it. Enjoyed every second. But there was moments when we like I was not bringing in the money that I would as an educator. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we had investments and I told my husband, we will never, ever not have investments because when times like got hard, we were like, yo, we got to cash out this $10,000 mutual fund. We got to, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if need be, we got to, we got to pull from this Roth IRA. We got to pull from our acorns account where we just throw money on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I have to like back up everything Demario has said and y'all, you have to start looking at investments because that nice car is not going to bring you no money back unless he's like he said, unless it's Santoro, it's not bringing you money back. Um, and like certain things that you want, like you can buy a $5,000 purse, but like that purse is not going to bring you back money and you can buy a Versace belt or whatever, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying don't do all the things that you love, but I am saying investments are going to help you. Like last year, um, when I was, when I was working independently, like contract doing all these different things, like it helped us so much to be able to say, well, that's why it's there. Right. Like that's why we've been putting money in this account is for moments like this where we'll need it. And you hope that you never need it. You hope that it just grows, grows, grows. And then later on, you can just splurge and do Disney cruises the rest of your life or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But like, but if if that time comes, like you you got to do what you got to do. And so, like I said, I'm always transparent with y'all, but that was so clutch for us uh, that I I don't have conversations about money without telling people, yo, you got to get investments. You got to get into investments because it's not just savings account. Like you need something that's going to grow. You need something that's going to grow with the market and everything else and the economy. And so it, it was a pure blessing for us, like to be able to pull from that. So I appreciate you you saying that as well. Absolutely. And, ju and just to add on that, I know you mentioned you can't just save it. So you can't just put it in an account because of inflation. Right. So if you just got it sitting in a checking or savings account, it's actually worth 10% less with inflation. But if you have an asset, it appreciates, it grows for you. So I, th I think that's a very important caveat because some people may say, well, I did put it up. I'm saving it for a rainy day, but yeah. you got to have your money working for you. So that way, you know, I'm sure that mutual fund was a lot more worth a lot more than what you um, originally put in. Right. If you just left it in your savings account. When I started listening to all these different financial gurus, um, rich dad, poor dad, uh, the what do you call it? um, millionaire mindset, the, uh, just all these different books, I will teach you how to be rich or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. All these different books, like the one thing they kept saying is if your money is in a checking and a savings account, you losing money. Yes. You are losing money. Like you have less money than you think looking at it. And it was like repeatedly, that was not something that changed ever. So you saying that like absolutely accurate. <laughs> again, they told me over and over again, why are you not putting your money in a high yielding savings account? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? And then you just have to sit with yourself and go, yeah, why am I not? Like if, and it doesn't matter like the amount that you make, because we, there's people out there like the budgetista, right? Uh, who she is one of the most famous people that helps uh, people budget. And she's like, look, I say 40,000 on a teacher's salary. Now y'all know we ain't making that much. We making 50, 60,000 a year. <laughs> so like the fact that she says in one year I'm, I saved 40,000 and then started investing that like, you can do it. Like you absolutely can do it. And I, and I know things seem tight and all the things, but like, this is why there's financial advisors. This is why there's CPAs. This is why there's people there to say, hey, let me help you get right. Right. Even with your credit and everything else, like, whoo, so much. You're going to put me on a mm -hmm. sofa. <laughs> but um, so I want to ask you this, um, this last question. You have just been such a big help. Like I have learned so much, as I always do. The first phone call I hung up and was like, 
oh yeah, this is going to be my dude forever. <laughs> like until he retired, this is my dude. Like, you know, so I appreciate that. I appreciate you being so patient and calm and calming me because, you know, I can come in like a whirlwind and be like, Damara, like, <laughs> and you're just like, you're good. Uh, so what is one thing you wish people knew, like before they file their taxes? We probably hit it already, but just wondering if we didn't hit, is there anything you would want people to know before they file or, um, to be mindful of throughout the year, you said documentation, is there anything else? Mm -hmm. I would say know that there are advisors who can do tax planning before the year is over. So stop looking at it as it's tax season. I got to file my taxes. Start saying during the year, okay, what am I doing this year? And how could I reduce my tax liability before December 31st? Because after December 31st, there's not a lot of wiggle room um, and what you can do to offset your tax liability. What happened, happened. And we try to make the best of what happened. But if we can get you before that um, and talk to you, okay, have you considered this? And let's implement it before a year end because it's going to save you X amount of dollars. So I would just say seeking out those professionals who could do more than just um, prep at the end of the year. And you can still go to the person who just prepares, but mm -hmm. get an advisor who can build a custom tax strategy for you because it'll help you down the long run, especially as new things come up. Like, for instance, with me and your relationship, if you got a question, you send it. I want to send you, you know, my honest opinion on it so you can take action on it. But if you wait till, you know, after the year's over, well, we we can't really change much. But I'm going to say, well, next year we got to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and I wish we talked sooner so we could have did it for this tax season. That, um, okay, I said that was my last question, but you just hit that because I thought about our relationship as well and how even when you said like, you could just shoot me a quick question and if it's, you know, easy, like, or shoot me a question, if it's quick, I'll just reply back, but also we can hop on a Zoom or whatever. Um, and just having that relationship, but I was wondering, and then this is my last question for real, for real. <laughs> but, um, when we talk about like H and R block and these places that like pop up during tax season, is there a benefit to doing those? Like I know they're also trying to make the most amount period, right? Like everybody is, but like, is there a benefit to going to them and not a CPA or a CPA and not them? Like, just, just wondering. Uh, I won't bash those companies. You know, we I don't do what you do. They ain't listening. <laughs> um, usually they don't have CPAs on staff. Um, not to say an enrolled agent um, can't do this work, but if I was looking at hiring a professional, would I want somebody who learned how to do this two weeks ago or has been doing it for over a decade? I probably would consider a person over a decade, right? Just from experience and the challenge and they learning, you know, and they're able to provide you expert advice. But not to say there's not people there who have been doing this for a while and they do have experts, but um, it's a reason we are CPAs. Uh, we had to deal through immense training. Um, you have to get a hundred or four year degree and even 150 plus credit hours in most states like mine when I got my CPA license originally in Michigan. Um, so I have a bachelor's and master's degree studying mm -hmm. accounting and tax gotcha. as well as 10 years of experience and working with one of the largest firms um, in the big four, Ernst & Young, before helping my own clients. So I, I do think I have a little bit more experience and things to offer you than someone who just started doing it um, this year or, you know, has past experience, but never had that level of expertise or, or um, clientele level. So, but I'm not going to say they can't do it. Right. So it's not really, it's just what's your preference on experience. And if it's super simple, you just got a W2, you know, you just getting started off or you in college. That person can perfectly handle it. You probably can handle it on your own. But as you progress through life and you want to have an advisor that's going to work with you, who's going to be there to answer questions, who's not disappearing after April 15th, I'd say a CPA or someone with a firm or a practice um, would be a better option for you. Right. Yeah. But if you want quick, fast, and cheap, whatever that saying is, you want um fast. It ain't going to be cheap, but yeah. it's going to be expensive, whatever that little thing is. Yeah, that does come in. And sometimes their fees are actually higher than mine, and they don't have as much experience. So I don't try to overcharge my 
clients, but I do know the value and the service we add. And I think our pricing is reflective of that and, and how we build relationships. Like I mentioned to you, this isn't a transactional transaction. It's a relationship build to where I want to be an advisor and resource to you. And, and not just, I need 250 and I'll do your return. And here it is, sign seat next year, right? I don't want you to feel like a cheap date. <laughs> I want you to be firm. So that, that's, I would say, the difference. But I can't say that's all CPA firms either. That's yeah. just how we operate. Well, I just, you know, I appreciate everything. Like, and you are absolutely correct. I mean, I can't, I cannot brag about you enough, Demario, that like after the first interaction, I was like, I got to tell everybody. And I hope that everybody that hears this podcast goes through you because um, you just had a way of um, calming the situation and teaching. Like you made everything, things that have been very difficult for me to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, at 35 years of age, uh, you made it very simple things that I feel like, oh man, I should have known this, or maybe like, I'm sure I learned this somewhere, but forgot. Um, you made, you, you explained everything just very simply. And so I appreciate that. Um, and I just appreciate you coming on today. Like you have just shared so much. Like, I, I feel like in this short time, it's like just so much like found information. I'm gonna have to like, listen to it myself over and over again. Um, <laughs> But one thing I'm not going to forget, though, is that documentation. So, <laughs> but um, you know, we will, I, for those of you who want all of Demario's information, y'all already know what it is. I am going to post all of it um, on the episode. You'll find it on YouTube, Instagram, um, and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So I'll put it um, everywhere. But Demario, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for what you do to the four, two, four with the community. Uh, you are just great. And I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure and I appreciate the opportunity to share. And I know I'll be talking to you soon, but um, those listeners, you know, I'm happy to help you. And I hope you get some good information from this that you can use to help yourself as well. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.